Well, what's going on, 412 family? This is M.A. Dozier, and we are back again. Man, uh, the month of November is nearly over, and that's crazy. Uh, we got through Thanksgiving. I hope y'all all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, but as we start moving into December, moving into the Christmas season, I was trying to think of, you know, what are we going to cover next? Because once we get into December, I really wanted to go through the book of Matthew and talk about the life of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, um, tis the season, right? Christmas. Um, but there was a little week here in between that. Um, and so I, I was praying over what, what to do. And as you know, I've challenged our students uh, in youth that if they have any questions at all, um, that they can put them in a bucket. They can be anonymous questions. They can sign their name to them if they would like so that I can have further discussion with them. But I want to challenge these students to be asking questions because questions lead to discovery. And the more we can open God's word and get the truth of, of a question, uh, man, the better off we'll be. And so it just so happens we have a question and I want to do my best and honor uh, those individuals that are writing questions to answer every question I can. Uh, but this question just seemed to be uh, sovereignly placed uh, right in the middle of from Thanksgiving to December or Christmas season. And the question was this, what do angels look like? Um, and this is a great question because, man, there's a lot of things that are misunderstood about angels. There's a lot of teachings out there about angels that is just false. Um, but angels are an integral part uh, to the entire layout of the Bible, the entire story of the Bible, but also very important to the birth of Jesus Christ because we know that angels came. Angels came to Mary and Joseph. Angels came to the shepherds to proclaim the birth of baby Jesus. So angels are important, but I decided today we're going to tackle that question, what do angels look like? But we're going to go much further than that. Uh, we're going to talk about some false teachings. We're going to talk about what the purpose of an angel is, their seven main purposes. We're going to talk about the different types of angels. Um, and then we're going to finally just talk about, you know, why, why are they there? Why did God create them and what they mean for us uh, as, as humans? And so we're going to dive right into that. So the first question I have is, when you think of an angel, what, what is the first thing you think of? Like, if you can picture it in your mind, like, what do you think of? I know our society has kind of become obsessed with angels in a way where we have all these depictions of these babies playing harps up in the clouds, or we have these beautiful angelic women that uh, have wings and halos, and they're so nice. Um, but is that a true representation of angels? Is that something that the Bible lays out for us? Um, you know, there's some false teachings out there that say that we, when we die and go to heaven, we become angels. Um, you may hear this all the time at a funeral, at people's passings. Uh, they say, you know, they gain their wings or they say, hey, go fly high. Um, they'll make social media posts about that. But the truth of the matter is, that's just not true. We do not become angels when we die. Um, that is a falsehood that society has built around um, and begin to predicate into uh, mainstream society. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the church have taken hold of these false things um, in order to kind of gain some hope. But I'd rather give you truth that you can hold on to and gain hope from. And the truth of the matter is that we are set above angels. Um, and that's what's amazing is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So we do know that angels can take appearance of humans and they come in. Um, but 
here's something interesting. Another another thing that is is a falsehood in our thoughts of angels is they do appear as humans, but they always appear in male form, never female form. So anytime you see a picture or a depiction of a of a womanly angel, it is not biblical. Um, they always appear in male form. We also know that they are very powerful beings and that they bring fear to people when they appear. Um, you know, in Luke 2, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 9, when the angels appeared um, to the shepherds, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were feel, filled with great fear. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 6, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the, and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he said, Come and see the place where he lay. So we see over and over and over again that angels are not this cute little cuddly, playing a harp, all comfortable type being. They, they inflict fear. Um, it says that the guards fell as if they were dead. Um, and whenever they came to the, the shepherds, the shepherds trembled in fear. And so we see this, this very powerful being that brings fear into the hearts of men when they appear. Uh, the Bible also tells us that uh, we never know when we're interacting with angels and that angels have been assigned to serve and protect us. If we are one of God's children, um, we have as angels assigned to us. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So what is this saying? It's saying, hey, whenever we have a stranger come into our life, we need to treat them with hospitality and respect because they may be an angel taking the form of a human, which is, is kind of mind-blowing in my opinion. Psalms 91.11 says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Um, and so this is, this is a command from the Lord saying he's going to command the angels concerning us to watch over us and protect us. And then Jesus himself said in Matthew 18.10, says, see that you do not despise of the little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. So this is Jesus kind of alluding to the fact that if we are his, if we are saved and we are children of God, then he has angels that are assigned to us to look over us. And we also have angels that walk among us that we just, they look like humans and we don't, we don't know the difference. And so we never know when we're interacting with angels. Um, that, that right there in itself blows my mind altogether. So the next question is, what is the purpose of an angel? Like, why did God create them? Why are they there? Like, what do they do? And so um, there are seven main purposes of an angel. And the first one is just simply to serve the people of God, uh, the people that God saves. You know, the purpose of an angel is to minister to the elect of God. And not all angels are ministering spirits sent to serve um, those who will inherit salvation, but some are. You know, Paul experienced an angelic visitation during a storm at sea, um, and the angel brought him comfort. He was, he, was on a, he was arrested in the bottom of a ship. A storm came, an angel of the Lord came and said, Hey, 
I want to tell you, the Lord has said that the ship is going to break apart, but not a single person will die. And it says that he brought comfort to Paul. And so one of the main reasons of an angel is to serve the people that God saves. The second reason or another purpose of angels is to deliver messages. The word angel literally means messenger. So in the Bible, angels usually appeared uh, and delivered message to God's people. You can see uh, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 3, the angel Gabriel appeared to at least three people in the Bible. Um, he also interpreted vision for Daniel in Daniel chapter 8, and he told Zechariah about the birth of John the Baptist in Luke 1.19. And uh, they also came and he proclaimed to Mary that she would be the mother of the Messiah, and that's in Luke 1.26. Angels in the form of these men also warned Lot in the Old Testament that God's impending judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so they are messengers. They come and bring messages to us from the Lord. A third way that they have a purpose is to wage spiritual battle. Now we hear Pastor David say all the time that we need to live our life under the umbrella of everything being spiritual warfare. And so an angel's purpose is to fight in those battles with us and for us. So another purpose of angels is to fight the spiritual forces of darkness who try to thwart God's plan. We see this in Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 12. We also see it alluded to in Jude, uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 9. And, uh, you know, there was an angel that appeared to del uh, Daniel to deliver an interpretation of a, uh, of a vision. And when he gave this vision, the angel stated that Michael, the archangel, had to help him fight his way through enemy forces to come to Daniel. So we see this, this war being waged of evil and good and the angels are waging this war in our life. Um, I have a really, uh, a really good close mentor of mine uh, that is a pastor as well. He has a crazy story of, uh, of you know, interacting with angels in Haiti. Um, and I won't go into that here, but uh, if you wanna know about it, come ask me about it, it's crazy. But he says this, he says, you never know when you're fixing to walk across the street, what war is being waged in the spiritual realms where evil forces are looking to destroy you, have a car swerve and run over you, and literally angels are standing there fighting on your behalf, pushing back the spiritual forces. So a third way is they wage war in the spiritual realms for us. A fourth way, a fourth purpose that angels uh, are used is to worship God. Angels are constantly surrounded the throne of God, worshiping and shouting his praises. We see this in Psalms 148. We see it in Isaiah chapter 6, Hebrews chapter 1, Revelation chapter 5. And it says, since angels were created to worship God, their rejection of that purpose is an unforgivable wrong. So, for instance, we will talk about this in a few minutes, but when Lucifer or Satan, the chief angel of worship, refused to worship God and insisted that his angels worship him instead, God cast him from heaven. We see that accounted in Isaiah 4, chapter 14. And the angels that sided with Lucifer were exiled from him. And so we angels are created to worship God and to bring glory to his name at all times. Um, and so we see that the devil himself was an angel. And, uh, and him and several other angels, a whole uh, it says a third of heaven, decided to rebel against God and they got cast down to heaven. We'll talk about that here in a little bit more. The fifth way that angels uh, have a purpose is they serve. Angels exist to do the will of the creator. They go where God sends them. They, uh, they, they say what he gives them to say and he ministers to the children on earth. 
We see this in Psalms 103 and Revelation 22, also in Hebrews chapter 1. Also, after Jesus for 40 days was tempted in the wilderness, after the devil came and tempted him and left, it says that the angels came and ministered to him. And you see that in Matthew chapter 4. Uh, so when the righteous die, it also seems that angels carry them straight to the place of God's rest. That's alluded to in Luke chapter 16. And so they are there to serve us, to come and attend to us, to bring comfort to us, but also to help us carry us straight to the place of God's rest. A sixth way or a sixth purpose of angels is to execute judgment. Angels are not all radiance and joy like the world likes to portray them. They also carry out God's orders for destruction. The book of Revelation foretells many angelic acts that will be brought against uh, mankind and those who refuse to accept Jesus as Lord uh, and the ultimate destruction of the world. We see this in Revelation chapter 7, also in Revelation chapters 8. Um, and when Pharaoh, for instance, in the Old Testament, when Pharaoh refused to let the people of God uh, leave Egypt, God sent an angel to strike down every firstborn son. That's in Exodus chapter 12. Angels were also involved in the death of Herod uh, in Acts chapter 12. Um, and then also when you read in 2 Kings chapter 19, uh, it, they are active in the slaughter of the Assyrian army. King Hezekiah prayed to the Lord that he would bring deliverance. And as they uh, slept that night, an angel of the Lord came and killed over 185,000 men in the Assyrian army while they slept. Um, and so they are there to execute judgment on God's behalf. A seventh way that the angels are used um, or they have purpose is to aid in the transmission of God's word. Uh, we see in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 2, it says, speaking of the Mosaic law, it calls it the message spoken through angels. So somehow, angels were involved in the process of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and the law on Mount Sinai. Um, and so this just reveals another purpose of angels. That's kind of a messenger type thing, but they are not just messengers saying, hey, this is going to happen, but they are messengers in the transmission of God's holy word uh, to us. Um, and so God uses angels any way he chooses. And because we hardly know anything outside of the physical world, we know there's a spiritual world, but our brains can't comprehend it. So we cannot possibly understand all the purposes of angels and how God uses them to fulfill his ways. But we know that they are created beings. We know from God's word and kind of diving through the scriptures, we know that there's seven main purposes. But to be honest with you, Christians, uh, we just have full confidence that God's holy angels are standing ready to protect and deliver us uh, as God's mortal children. Um, and so while angels are created beings as we are, and sh we should never worship them, we can be thankful for the Lord that he has given them and he uses them in a mighty way in our lives. Uh, but we should always serve the Lord. We should never serve his creation. Let's serve the creator. And so while these angels are powerful and amazing, we need to be careful that we are not worshiping angels, that we are worshiping the creator and know that angels are created beings just like us. So now that we've got through that, um, we're going to talk about there's different types of angels. And so there's one type called a seraphim. Um, and it is simply a word that means fiery or bright. Seraphim are mentioned as angelic beings, uh, really only mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 4. It says, I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. 
With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorsteps, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Since the word seraphim is simply a description, it may be that the seraphim are simply fiery beings. We don't really know that they may be a distinct kind of angel. Um, we're not real sure, but we know that uh, a seraphim is an angelic being that is described in Isaiah chapter 6. The next is a cherubim. And cherubims are mentioned numerous times in Scripture. After Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden, the cherubim were placed there to guard the entrance. We see this in Genesis chapter 3. But the vast majority of instances where the cherubim are mentioned in Scripture are all in connection with the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, they have the likeness of two cherubim adorned of the cover of the Ark. We see this in Exodus 25 and 1 Samuel chapter 4. And David sings a song of praise to God in which he says that God is mounted the cherubim and he flew and he soared on the wings of the wind. We see this in 2 Samuel chapter 22. When Ezekiel sees the glory of God leaving the temple, he also sees cherubim carrying out the throne of God in Ezekiel chapter 10. And in verse 14, the cherubim are described as having four faces, those of a cherubim, those of a human being, a lion, and an eagle. However, since angels are essentially spirit beings, it may be that simply they just appeared to Ezekiel in this form for a particular particular revelational vision. We don't know if that's how they are or they just appeared to him like that. Um, the next type of angel is the archangel. And there's only one archangel ever named in scripture and it's the archangel Michael. He is mentioned in Jude chapter 1 verse 9 and it says the... Uh, and the voice of the archangel is heard, like you could hear his voice in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. But there's no mention of his name in 1 Thessalonians, so we're not sure if that there's only one archangel, which is Michael. Or we don't know if there's multiple archangels. The only one we know that is named is Michael. Um, in Revelation 12.7, uh, it describes a war between Michael and his angels and the devil. Um, and, and the angels and in Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 21 and also chapters 12 verse 1 Michael's described as an angelic prince Michael is being the leader uh, Michael's the leader of the angels and it would fit both the title of archangel and the role he plays so an archangel may be a role rather than a distinct type of angel we're not real sure about that uh, but we're going to put it as a type another individual is Gabriel. He's also mentioned in scripture. Gabriel delivers messages according to the birth of John the Baptist and also Jesus. And in speaking to John's father, he describes himself as one who stands in the presence of God. There is no mention of what kind of angel Gabriel may be, but we also know that he's delivered messages to Daniel. Uh, and uh, we see that in Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 9. And Daniel describes him as a man, which means that Gabriel appeared in human form. Again, as angels are essentially spirit beings, they do not have physical bodies, but it seems as though they appear in various forms, just like in the cherubim, just like in the seraphim, just like when they appear in human form in visions uh, to us here on earth. Finally, the last one is fallen angels. And in Jude 1.6, it clearly mentions that there are fallen angels and the angels who do not keep their positions of authority, but ban abandon their proper dwelling. These 
uh, were the ones that were kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So it, uh, fallen angels are also represented in Revelation chapter 12, where it says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down that the ancient serpent called, uh, the, ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So we see this war being broke out in heaven. We see Satan defying and saying, hey, I don't long, no longer want to be a worshiper. I want people to worship me. So a war broke out. God and his archangel Michael and the armies of the Lord fought against the devil and the angels that went wanted to go with the devil and they cast them to the ground. Um, and so that's where we get uh, Satan and demons from here on earth. So lastly, it should be noted that although angels have great power and glory, um, they, and they, are, they seem to be greater than human beings, um, it is human beings, it is us who were created in God's image. And it is human beings, not angels, who will one day reign with Christ. We see this in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5. It is human beings, not angels, who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. So we've been bought, bought, bought with by a price. Angels have not done that. They were not created in the image of God. And so therefore, um, you know, we know that God sees us uh, in the hierarchy of angels, that we are higher than angels, but they are powerful beings that are used for his glory and for whatever purposes he has here on earth. Um, Angels are servants of God who minister to believers. Uh, they are not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation, but they all have individual roles and, uh, and I guess, jobs to do. Um, from one perspective, angels are certainly greater than people, yet from another perspective, human beings occupy the primary place in God's created order, and angels are to some extent in excluded in that. They do not understand redemption in the way God's children understand it. And so therefore, Jesus did not die on the cross for them. He died on the cross for us. And so in the hierarchy, uh, even though sometimes we feel like angels are greater than us, they are not. They were created to serve God and also serve his purposes. And that includes serving us. Um, and so I hope that gives you a better understanding of angels. I know that was a, a lot of information. Uh, I could have gone into so much more. This stuff excites me, um, and it excites me that our youth are wanting to get involved in it. Um, parents, as you go through this, as you, as you look through it, your kids are probably going to come back and have questions and be like, Dad, Mom, did you know this? Build into these conversations, um, especially when we're talking about the birth of Jesus coming up in the month of December. Um, angels played a major role in the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, and so let's not discard them. Let, let, let's talk about them because the Bible talks about them. Um, and there's a lot to be learned. Um, and there's a lot out there that is just false. We want to make sure we're teaching our kids absolute truth. So y'all go out. Um, have a great, have a great um, weekend. And we'll see you next week. Uh, stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing on. Thank you.